Hey everyone, welcome to Homestyle Table Talk. I'm Duncan. And I'm James, and welcome to a fireside chat with a couple amateur experts. You're listening to season one of Homestyle Table Talk, where our discussion topic is art. If you're interested in more content, you can follow us on Instagram at htt.pod. Or you can go to our website at httpod.fyi to check out our blog, our story, and our merch. A special thanks to the West Coast Feed for hooking it up with our soundtrack for the podcast. Head to your nearest music streaming service to check out the rest of their tracks. A quick disclaimer. If you hear us calling the podcast Here's the Thing during Season 1 episodes, don't be alarmed. We had to change our name in the middle of the season, but we hope you enjoy our content nonetheless. Check it, check it. Yeah, check, check. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Here's the Thing podcast. Dude, episode one is real. Episode one. We have been, we've been talking for a few minutes already, and we've been fumbling around with the mics for the last hour and a half <laughs> because somebody, me, got that Duncan, um, you know, didn't realize that there is interface problems with recording with two USB mics at the same time. It's a labor of love, the whole thing. Extraneous details that no one needs to really know about, but yeah. we're here you're here, and we're excited. We're excited about that. We're so excited. Thanks for joining us. Yes. You're probably wondering... What am I here for? Why am I listening to this? Yeah, and how even did this come to be a thing? And actually, there are answers to those questions. There yes, are. You're listening to this because of great marketing by Duncan. Oh. Um, wow. And design and uh, wow. personal relationships by him. And I'm here for the same exact reason. So yes. <laughs> the reason that I'm sitting in this room and speaking to you and your little ear holes is because Duncan a couple weeks months ago was so kind to me and was driving me to the airport, which was an hour and a half drive one way and then an hour and a half drive the other way. And, and he was just talking to me and he's like, Hey man, I have cool ideas. And I was like, wow, Duncan, your ideas are spectacular. <laughs> Tell me more. And so he was telling me about the fact that he wanted to create a podcast where he could discuss things um, that were significant to him. And he's constantly a learner and he was moving back home and, and wanted to, to find something to think about. And I have just been sitting on my hands for the last year, think, <laughs> trying to find ways to think bigger. And uh, this podcast is a perfect way. So I was asking Duncan a bunch of probing questions about how what he wanted to do and what he wanted to talk about and what is he passionate about? And it, it turned into me saying, I would love to be a co-host for you. And so this is why I'm in this room. Duncan, how about you? Well, it's funny because that story, you know, hearing it from your side, it's very different because I, this whole thing has been a much longer journey than from that conversation. A lot of you probably remember maybe last spring which I think was, yeah, 28, spring of 2018. I, uh, you know, kind of a similar situation where I, mo I was moving, transitioning from college back into, you know, the home life for a while. And I was like, oh, I just need to do something. I, I, and I've, I've wanted to start a podcast because I feel like my strengths are not in video footage capturing and editing and all of that. And, you know, just the production level of that. And he's got a face for radio, folks. <laughs> Honestly, we all know how true that is. <laughs> Thanks, James. Thanks for keeping me humble. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Um, so it kind of took a year for me to, I think, get a picture of what I wanted this to look like. And the convenience of moving home indefinitely back to the same location James was, I think helped that process start. So this past spring, 2019, I, like James said, was driving him to the airport, was kind of sharing my heart for this project 
because he was so kind and just asking me what my plans were post-graduation as everyone and their mother was doing at the time and their cousins and their co- and dogs yeah. too that was the strangest what do you part. speak oh god oh. <laughs> you're a dog how <laughs> focus so he was asking me these questions and i was trying to decide whether it was because he was a good friend of mine and he was caring about whether or not i had thought through these details which is important and i very i very much value that and if that had just been it then i would have been grateful for the conversation nevertheless however I sensed an ulterior motive in our conversation. And so I, I asked, actually, I asked this exact question. Are you asking because you just want to make sure that this thing goes well and you care about me? Or are you asking because you're actually interested in co-hosting? And he said, well, a little bit of both, actually. Yeah. And so I, that immediately was super exciting to me because I had kind of talked to a few people and asked them whether or not they would want to co-host. And a lot of people said that they would be interested in being guests. And I'm sure we'll have them on as guests, which is great. And we're really excited about some of the so people excited. that are going to be with us this season. Yes. People of all shapes and sizes. Truly. Yes. All intellectuals. Everyone's an intellectual. Yeah. That, that's my thing. Yeah. If you think about things, which hopefully most people are. Or you're listening to this to not think about things and we're going to make you. Yo. We got you. If on you're the listening to this, you're an intellectual. Yeah. You are, you are in the amateur expert club. That is exactly the point. Yeah, the, the thing about this whole amateur experts fireside chat thing is, is yes, we have a fire that we're sitting we next do. to. We um, do. Shout out to Homesick Candles. This is not a paid plug. It we is not. want to give Homesick Candles their best. And we also just believe that we are all experts in our domains and looking, looking to share that and looking to learn through conversation. Yeah, and it's not necessarily even experts on a subject. It's experts in a perspective. Yeah. Right? You are the only person on the planet with your perspective, your special story, what makes you you. And that's that's the basis of this yeah. is just two people, two good friends who happen to share a lot of experiences, a lot of, you know, know a lot of the story that, that makes that person the other person, but having great conversation through that, right? Coming to an understanding of how the other person thinks about things and even how we think about things. Because as we've been preparing for this, as we've been having conversations leading up to this, we've discovered that a lot of the time we don't even know how we think about something until we start talking about it. And so you'll actually be witnesses and an audience to some of our first discoveries on a lot of the things that we think about. Yeah. Episode zero was a perfect example of that Mm -hmm. where we were just just trying out conversating uh, mm-hmm. while being recorded. And by the end, I was just saying things that I've never thought before. Mm. But it was so fun to be able to sit in a room and, and hash out some ideas. So welcome. Welcome to hashing out ideas. Yeah. It's not called hashing. It's called here's the thing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll try that again. Welcome to here's the thing. Yeah. Oh, and a little note on the name. You're probably wondering why is it called here's the thing. If you've talked to me for any amount of time, you will pick up on the fact that I say here's the thing all the time. My roommate last year, we had many, many late night conversations. And whenever I would get excited about something, whenever I would be trying to just share from my heart, the way that I tried to clarify in a conversation that I was really trying to get to something that I thought was important is I prefaced it with here's the thing. Here's the thing. Bubble. So guaranteed that phrase will pop up 
And we might have some contests, perhaps, to find the here's the thing Easter eggs. And that would just be a great sort of thing. And we'll come up with all these different isms, you know, the, the amateur experts, the fireside chat, yeah. the, you know, what are our things? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Any number of combinations of words. Here, thing, the <laughs> podcast. Check us out, FYI. <laughs> so after that little introduction, let's just get started. Yeah. Let's we- give a little bit more preface to where we're headed in the next few weeks. The, the goal for season one is for us to talk about art. Yeah. So each week, Duncan and I will be going through our weeks, figuring out and thinking about things related to art and sharing that with, with one another and sharing that with you as mm-hmm. we think about it. Yeah. Yeah. The goal is just to, to be a little bit more aware throughout the week of a single kind of topic. Yeah. And yeah, season one, I think it'll about, be about 10 weeks. Yeah. We haven't decided yet. We'll feel it out. But yeah, the first season is about art. And so we actually had our first conversation last week. Yeah. And we just sat down and just started talking. And I just threw out my iPhone and, and grabbed a little recording of the conversation just to get used to sort of the podcast style conversation. And we both noted, oh, like, this is interesting. We're, we're being recorded. This is kind of this is fun and new. Putting our toes in the water. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and we ended up starting to talk about art and... I pulled out a book that's on my bookshelf sitting next to James at the, at the moment. And we just started talking about something that we had mutually come to think on in the last week. Yeah. Just sort of by happenstance or even just something that we were, we had thought about before. And I guess, Duncan, why, why is art something important to you? I come from studying design. I just had four years of being at college and I got a degree in graphic design and humanities. Very cool. Yeah. So I have been a student of art formally for the last four years and I have learned so much about art. I came in so unbelievably ignorant on the topic and I'm still rather ignorant, but I have a few things that I find really interesting and really inspiring. And I think that that's why I pushed for having art as season one. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited. I think it will be a really cool opportunity to learn. Yeah. For, Cause for me, I'm someone, I have a science background, studied physics and probably should have studied philosophy. <laughs> but, um, when I look at art, I don't view myself as a creator of art. Mm. We can talk about that more in the oh, future, but I really, we'll be talking about that for sure. I really feel like I'm an experiencer of art. And so mm. I, I have like a lay person's experiencer version of, of viewing art mm-hmm. and, and talking about it. So we're going to have a little fun thing to interplay. Yeah. And I think that when we get into topics that are more science oriented, that, that those roles will definitely be reversed and it'll be really cool. Cause again, I'm more of the lay person in terms of science and, right. you know, you're the amateur expert on that. So it'll be great to, to have those conversations. Yeah. So, Duncan, what's the thing you've been thinking about this week? The thing that I have been contemplating this week is something that came up in my job. I work at a brand agency and I make a lot of graphics throughout the week. Yeah. My primary client right now is a food company. And so they have lots of different micro brands and I'm working on, I think, five or six different projects with them right now, just ongoing. And that includes anything from the logo of the particular establishment that they're putting out 
to literally add anything like sandwich paper and food, like sandwich boxes Whoa, and everything. Everything. Yeah. Pop up banners for less than stationary food experiences. Yeah. Wait. So, so you are someone that creates all those graphics. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. 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 It's cool because I have the ability to do different kinds of food experience iconography and and texture work and color work because you know one of one of them is this it's called it's called night market and it's got all of this paint patterns and 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 paisley things going on and it's really loud and 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 cool and and the logo is is this little truck and and it's got a really cool font and then i'm working on this underground bar that is really like it's sexy and it's like mahogany everywhere and you know it's it's primarily like black and white work and then there's this other one where I'm working, you know, doing stuff for employees of the food industry. They're, they have different games that they play to compete with each other. They're called safety games. And so just it's literally it's this huge variety of, of work. And to answer your question, the thing that I have learned, it's not necessarily about art in general, though it might apply, I think, you know, you drop it in the comments. Let us know if this applies to you as an artist. But I think it applies to a lot of different areas, not just art. But the thing that I've noticed is that the more concepts I create, the easier it is for me to talk about my work, to pass it on, to receive critique on it, and to actually come to a really interesting solution. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the way that that plays out is, for example, if I create five logo options for a single client, right? I say, here's five options for you. And they come back and they <laughs> critique one of them. It's a lot more hard hitting, believe it or not, than for me to make a hundred logo options and for them to say, well, these 90 or these 60, 80 don't really work for us. Yeah. And it's weird because you'd think, oh, well, they're rejecting a lot more of those designs on that pass, when in reality, I've distanced myself emotionally and psychologically from the work to the point where it's, I've just barfed up all of these logos. I've just, I've just come up with as many as I possibly can. And so I've, I've moved on from the ones that I'm like, Ooh, dang, I like that. I've moved on from them a little bit because I've, I've made more of them that I like. So if I make five and I like one and they don't pick that one, it hurts way more than if I offer them a hundred yeah. and I like 20 of them and they actually pick one of the ones that I like, yeah. then I don't focus on the fact that they rejected 80 of them. And this is my posture towards art versus design, where I view my job not as a personal, spiritual, emotional expression of self. Okay. It is like for hire. Yeah, I'm for hire. And so I, my job is to make things that communicate ideas. And as long as it does that effectively, yeah. I don't have to necessarily be emotionally connected to it. Like, for example, I created a logo a couple of weeks ago for a client, and they came back to us today after I thought, oh, they really liked it, because that's the feedback I received. Yeah. Oh, we really like it. We're going to go with it. So a couple of weeks later, they come back, and they're like, oh, we don't like that anymore. Can you change it back to what we had? You know, I can say, I don't think this looks good, or I think you should go a different direction. That's the yeah. politically correct way to say it. It's a nice way. <laughs> yeah. But if you want this, that's fine. You know, I'm here to tell you that this, this version over here looks better than this version that you want. Right. But if you want this version, that's okay by me. Because we've agreed that you're going to pay me for whatever. And so, boom. Yeah. Like, and that's where I stand on, in terms of my design okay. work. I think 
I get confused when I go to a museum and I see graphic design at a museum. And mm. it's not because I'm, I don't think graphic design is art and whatnot, but I, I see these graphics that are created and I'm like, oh, okay, this is art. We'll take it with my art lens. I'll understand it. And then I also have, and we, we talk about these people that are great graphic designers that have, have made such great strides and leaps and have been so expressive with their brain. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard for me to, to wrap that and like under, wrap that idea up with the fact that I know so many people that do graphic design work mm -hmm. um, and that are in design studios mm -hmm. and are communications directors. And I think what you just said explains that for me. What I just heard you say is if I was going to take this to writing is that you in your job are a journalist compared to a novelist. So like a novelist might be someone that is taking their free flowing tendrils of, of spiritual whatnot as they're writing these, these epics mm -hmm. or writing these books, um, for, for cons people to consume and to connect with, um, on like a deep, maybe emotional way. And, you're a journalist, like you're, you're looking to package this idea up and, and give it to, to people that it's, it's good. Maybe it's Pulitzer Prize winning, but you're, you're still a journalist almost for hire for this, this topic. Is that? That's actually correct? a really good comparison because in the same way that a journalist could write op-ed, could write fiction, could write, you know, they, they, yeah. they are a writer. They know how to communicate with words. Absolutely. In the same way, right? A designer can make art from the soul. And an artist can make things that communicate ideas more on like the, the budgeted, like budgeted here, here's my brand. I needed to do this. And it's not yeah. necessarily like Coca-Cola. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily make you feel a certain way other than the fact that, oh, I like that product. You're right. It, the, the brand itself, you know, it's communicating an ideal. It's communicating a vibe, but it's not, you know, it's not trying to make you contemplate the deeper things in life. Yeah. Right. But I'm guarantee you that the people who are making Coca-Cola ads could make something that actually stirs your soul and makes you think on things that are deeper. Yeah. Right. And I think actually what's interesting, we, we see that I think in Super Bowl commercials sometimes okay. where they have, you know, Super Bowl commercials are some ridiculous price per second. Oh, it's unbelievable. Ridiculous. It's so interesting because you know that you have such a large audience a lot of brands take the time to write something that's more meaningful than your everyday ad. Right. That's fascinating to me. That is fascinating. I've never thought about it. I don't even know if that's a conscious choice by the, by the advertisers. I mean, it has to be, it has to be at some level, but, but to some degree, but they, it might not be to these designers and the, these teams know that this is the biggest platform they could ever have for their ideas. Yes. And so why not share something that matters? Yeah. And here's the thing. Okay. Tell me. They probably know that emotional connection will sell the product far better than say intellectual connection or other sort of day-to-day -day ads, yeah. right? Where here's the price comparison of us versus our competitor. Budweiser, right? right? Yeah. Had the, the, that commercial with the dog oh, and the horse. The cute, and we all just were like, oh my gosh, I don't drink beer. Like I don't like beer. I'm just like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I was like, oh shoot, I'm going to think twice about that company now. And we're talking about it. That's to yeah, me. That's like talking the, about it now. To me, that's Absolutely. the proof of an excellent advertisement. Okay, but but you what you just said is that they their their goal as those like the big the big ads mm -hmm. is to make an emotional connection. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm assuming that what you're you're doing as a designer um, in your in your job are also working to make an emotional connection. 
but is it not at the same level, same caliber? Um, what is what is different? Would you say mm-hmm. between those things? I think to a degree, you pick your battles when you're designing. And I think it shows up in that instance that I described earlier with the client who came back and said, I want something different with your design because I had put work into making it deeper. I had made, I had tried to make it something that was interesting. And maybe once you realized it, it gave you a little bit of surprise and joy, right. In seeing it. But they came back and they said, we want it to look like this old thing that, that they had come to us with. And I, you know, that's the, the battle I have to choose. Right. Right. Where, if, if they're gonna, if they're not going to accept what I'm gonna take, yeah. I don't need to waste my time because I'm also a businessman. Totally, I have to budget my time. And if they're gonna take a bunch of time out of my pocket because they're just gonna nitpick on something that, and they're not really even gonna die to their idea so that I can let they can let mine live, yeah, then I kind of have to just at that point let it just be as good of a design as it can be, and I don't have to kill myself over the fact that it's not going to make the biggest emotional connection yeah. you know, that it could be or I, that I might want it to be. So in the day-to-day, it's interesting. I was, I was thinking about that today of, well, how much of this is just good business yeah. and how much of it is, am I sacrificing my artistic <laughs> integrity in, in <laughs> letting, letting these emotional connections die in the name of just ha- you know, getting the paycheck? You're right. And I think that's a personal thing. I okay. think that every artist must decide for themselves what hills they're going to die on. Because if you spend your entire life trying to fight a battle that you are bound to lose in the end, right. how much great art would you lose in the process? Of and dying that, on every hill? Yeah. Yeah. If, you just, if, you're, if you're stuck on one hill, you're going to miss all of the other mountains that you can climb and that you can stake your flag in and say, boom, look at this other thing over here. And that, that happens just through volume of clients, in all honesty. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about the volume of clients that I have right now, just because I have the opportunity to make really cool stuff and make stuff that speaks to people without having to worry about, oh, is every single design that I make perfect? Okay. And I have to have the ability to sense, are they going to work with me? Are they going to see the vision that I have? Or do I have to let the emotion and the soul of this die a little bit okay. and just make it as effective as it can be? So I guess sure. it's, it's almost a battle between emotion and effectiveness. Yeah. Where and they're not always opposed. They're not mutually exclusive. Right. But sometimes they have different ends. Yeah, sometimes they have different ends, and that's okay. okay. And I'm, that's, that's the biggest thing that I'm learning right now. Got it. Yeah. What have you been contemplating this week as you bring up your notes? Okay, guy. Hey. Hey. I have notes, okay? No, I'm not. That was you not. You come prepared to class, okay? <laughs> the thing I've been thinking about this week is an Instagram trap. Have you ever heard of that, Duncan? I don't think I have. Okay. An Instagram trap is the specially curated space, hmm. often a pop-up, often has the name museum in it, Ah. and it's usually offered for a limited time. And it's designed to create a memorable, curated, and Instagram moment for <laughs> you and other people to just like hang out. So I know of these okay. phenomena. Yeah. I have never heard them disca- or described this way. Right. So if you go on to the internet and you like 
you just want to find a thing that people are angry about because it's ruining art and there's all these things. You can just type in Instagram trap and like there's this anger, anger mm. in the internet about the Instagram trap. And I've realized thinking about this this week, several things that are wrong with me and our society when thinking about an Instagram trap. Are you down to hear? I would love to hear it. Enlighten me. Okay. So Amanda Hess of New York Times in her article, The Existential Void of the Pop-Up Experience. And yet, the experience has emerged as among the defining fads of my generation. There have been New York experiences centered on tea, dreams, eggs, illusions, and cereal. Soon, the Museum of Pizza, the world's first and only immersive art experience celebrating pizza, will open. There's one for dogs too, human's best friend, which offers 20 photo moments for your, you and your pet to endure. By classifying these places as experiences, their creators seem to imply that something happens there. But what? Most human experiences don't have to announce themselves as such. They just do what they do. A film tells a story. A museum facilitates meaning between the viewer and a work of art. Even a basic carnival ride produces pleasing physical sensations. Yet, these line-adjacent experiences are pitched as somehow transformative. In a plaque outside of the Star Matter room, the experience was teased as a cosmic pilgrimage of love and music and connectedness hmm. into the California night sky and back in time to the 1970s, a decade defined as progressive group thinking. All of that was in quotes, folks. The Color Factory says it's designed to invite curiosity, discovery, and play. The Museum of Ice Cream's Pint Shop is said to mm -hmm. inspire and empower audiences to their most creative selves. Mostly, we're expected to have time, have the time of our lives. A Candytopia employee announced, the first rule is to be happy and always smile. Frowns make other people sad. And that... All of that just sounds monstrous to me. Just A. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, those are some words. Okay, so Instagram trap. And so I was thinking about this. It's a place that you can go. You can like see these like on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it makes me think about how I experience art. Mm. And it is like this whole thing where you go to a concert and it's like amazing music mm -hmm. and you can't see the artist because everyone's on their phones in front of mm. you. Um, but there's also this beautiful thing that if you're short, you can actually see the concert through your phone <laughs> that you're holding above your head. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, we are experiencing these venues and of art differently because of our desire to socialize. Mm. And so I, when I go to a concert, I'm recognizing I'm a terrible person because I go to a concert and I just like judge people. Like, why are you have your phones up? Like, I'm not having my phone up. And I realize that I care more about the opinions of the people that are immediately around me than I care about the opinions of people online. And other people care about the opinions of people online that they have community with if they're like posting those things online. Mm -hmm. And I'm just recognizing that you can't actually experience art without interacting with it and without interacting with the space that you're viewing art in. Hmm. And Instagram traps have allowed me to realize that. Question for you. Yeah. Are you saying that Instagram traps prohibit us from interacting with the space and the art and the people? No, I'm saying precisely the opposite. Well, no. 
I'm not saying the opposite. Where's your emphasis? My emphasis of this is that Instagram and our use of technology changes the priorities that we come to when we witness art. May I offer something? Please. I was listening to a podcast, and one of the points that this caster was making was similar. Okay. It was a sermon. Yeah. He was criticizing the post it to prove it yeah. mentality where okay. something doesn't happen in our lives right. on sort of a broad scale unless we post about it. And we have this compulsive need to prove that we are doing something. And so I, you know, I, I, I was taking what this person was saying and I was saying, I was thinking, oh man, like I, I did that the other day. I did I, was I posting that to prove that I had good community and that I was eating good? It was like, no, I wanted to share a moment of happiness. And so a lot of people, like you were saying, maybe too short, right? So it's just a practical thing. Yeah. Other people might want to go back and watch it later, which there's, you know, criticism perhaps to be laid on that where it's like, oh, like just be present in the moment. Just like capture, capture it with your mind then. And, and, and Get it with you your won't... eyes and your ears yeah. and just feel it, man. So yeah. here's a, here's a question slash challenge for you. Yeah. Are you in that moment of the concert just as distracted if you are complaining in your head about people holding their phones That's- out? That's exactly what I'm trying to say. It's like I'm, okay. I'm recognizing that I'm I'm hindered in my understanding of the concert because I'm not properly oriented towards the art. Mm. Maybe because because I'm like this is for me instead ooh, of this is for us. Ooh. Like this is our experience at the concert. Yeah, because there's two responses. Yeah. Well, there's two primary responses, I think, to that situation where, number one, like you admitted, they're like complaining, oh gosh, these people are all just like, they're they're with their phones and they're just distracting me. There's one posture where that's like, well, aren't you just as distracted as you're complaining that they might be? Right. And then the other one would be, just let it go. Yeah. Let it be. Why don't you be you? And let me be me. <laughs> No, like truly. And then like you're at a concert and it's this emotional and wonderful experience. And if you, if you let the art speak to you Mm. and don't let, I I think my, my, the thing I'm I'm admitting about Instagram traps is I, I let technology mediate my experience of art. Mm. And I don't think, I didn't think I did that because I don't generally use my technology when I'm interfacing with art. And I'm trying to make like a statement inside of myself. Yeah. Like, I don't use my technology at this thing. Totally. You shouldn't either. Yeah. So I first started this like research about Instagram chaps. I was like, ooh, this stupid thing that people do in New York. But I then realized like, oh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just like, like this whole like critique of Instagram traps is just like a, a an attempt to say, what these people are doing and having fun doing is actually like not valid, not valid. Mm. Here's the thing with art. I believe it takes a lot of humility to both produce and consume excellent art. Because if you come in with assumptions about what it is, what it's supposed to be, how it should affect you, then you don't let the work do the work that it should be doing. And if you as an artist are trying to push onto people certain reactions, 
then you're not doing your duty as an artist to provide space for people to engage with your art the way that they need to receive it. Whoa, that's an idea. That's an idea I've not, not had before or heard before. So I think it takes humility on both sides, right? Yeah. On the production end and on the consuming end. And, and what we said last week is that it's a dialogue. Yeah. And you can't have both people shouting or one person shouting mm -hmm. in that to make that communication work. Mm -hmm. hmm. And allow yourself to just experience it, dialogue about it, dialogue with it, and mm -hmm. come to some beautiful conclusions. Speaking of beautiful conclusions... Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for listening to season one, episode one of Here's the Thing podcast. Sears the Thing. Sears, Sears, Sears is the place the to thing. be. It's okay. We're still getting used to it. Here's the Thing podcast. We'll keep getting better, hopefully. That's the goal. That's the goal. Thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm.